Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bathing Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm Bird, and this is soon to be Jake Simone. Jake, how are you? Doing all right, man. Oh, we have some breaking news to start off the show. I like breaking oh news. Oh, my God. This is this. You're going to love this one. Okay, hit me. The Arizona Cardinals have signed our good buddy, Marlon Mack. He's back. Return of the Mac. Marlon Mack, our good buddy. Oh, no. I might have to move Jace Connor down like 15 spots. This is not good. Will there be a week where Marlon Mack is a thing this year? Definitely not, because he's going to get injured in probably the third preseason game, and he'll be out for the year. He got another job, Marlon Mack. Thank God it's not with the Cowboys. Thank God. Oh, Oh no! I thought he was. I thought he was done forever. Imagine, imagine, like this. It comes out during one of our shows that Miles Gaskin is traded to the Cowboys. I, 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 I would end the show. Oh God! But I Marlon Mack. But long story short, for the people, Marlon Mack lives on. He's a cockroach. He doesn't die. Yep. He doesn't die. Just like our other good buddy, Deonta Foreman. Yeah. Well. There's still plenty of other running back. There, a lot of our friends are looking for jobs this year. But you know who looks like is fi- is finally done? We'll never have to hear from him again. Classic fourth-round bust, Mike Davis. No, I think he's going to go somewhere this year. But Please I think you know, who actually, you know who actually might be done is our good buddy. He he was at one point useful in, in, in his last year of service. Devonta Freeman. Oh. See that that that's that that's a loyal soldier. I do I do have a soft spot he, for. Devontae he was Freeman. the king of the one yard touchdowns. The king. We applaud. If it was if it's not Devontae Freeman, it's our other good buddy Latavius Murray. Oh well, Latavius Murray will be somewhere. I'm 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 pretty sure about that. I'm sure the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton are just itching to get him or our other good buddy Mark Ingram. I actually think Latavius Murray might might be on the Broncos. Like I <laughs> I don't even think that that is he is. actually. Oh no, sorry, he's on the Bills. It was the wrong B team. Oh, he's on he's on the Bill. Okay. Wrong well, B team. But he'll be we, cut and then the Broncos will be able to sign. Yeah. Well, I would be remiss if we didn't mention the rising stock and the number two added player on Sleeper right now. Our good buddy and and just great soldier last year. Deion Jackson. Uh, an absolute king. This is this is a pro Deion Jackson podcast. Yep, the stock is rising because our long lost <laughs> buddy Zach Moss broke his arm, apparently. Hopefully he gets well soon, but that's one less person in the way for true Dion Jackson season. I just will never forget that week he had last year. It was just such a magical week. 12 catches, 12 (laughs) targets, caught them all. I started him. (laughs) I did too. Oh, I did too. And let me I started him in multiple places, actually, because I had a bye week little log jam. And And and, And to be fair, had never fucking heard of the guy. I never heard of him. Well, it's well, like, up, oh, Deion Jackson? In, sure. In conclusion, Deion Jackson's one week of service was more useful than anything Miles Gaskin ever gave me. A thousand percent correct. Yeah. Uh, uh, that that A thousand percent correct. And I'll even go a step further. Deion Jackson's one week of service is more useful than anything Lamar Jackson has ever given me. Yeah. Or Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara, great one, but, even better. But, for you, but for me, he did give me like six touchdowns on Christmas Day one year. He's never given me anything. He has never given me anything. I cannot stand that guy. And I hope the NFL makes sure he's suspended for a long time so I'm not even tempted to go in that direction when Alvin Kamara is just staring me in the face in like round nine saying, please take me, take me onto your team. Just go on, go with Deion Jackson instead. Make yourself happy. A Deion Jackson brings a ripe smile to my face. Alvin Kamara brings lots of frowns. I don't like frowns. I like smiley faces. Deion Jackson brings a lot of smiles. You know who else brings a lot of smiles, Jake? Fantasy football sleepers. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Not where I was going. Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez. Great guy. (laughs) Amazing guy. And at time of recording... I'm going to be in the land of the stars in Beverly Hills. I hope you run into Emilio there. 
I could tell you this. If I run into Emilio Estevez on Rodeo Drive, I will get that interview. I will do what yeah, I need to yeah. do. I will do what I need to do to get that interview and then point him in the direction of purchasing some land in Portland, Oregon. But he should know that already. Or maybe even the Kremlin, if he's feeling risky. If he's feeling really risky, yes, and, and wants potential no-flight tags put you know near his his glowing resume as a fabulous actor, then yeah, the Kremlin. Our good buddies, you know? Our, our, our great international buddies. Great international buddies who are setting their fantasy lineups currently. Yeah, they're doing, the they're doing a list. whole lot of sleeper drafts. They might be even doing a lot of guillotines, to be quite honest. That is their style. Yes, that 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 is their style. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of uh, you know uh, of uh, of of guillotines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as Jake alluded to, it is sleeper deck. We have ten. Count them. The ace sleepers. Jake has provided five. I have provided. You guessed it five and we are going to break them all down and the criteria that we use for this by the way is we have gone on to our very good friends at fantasy pros great people go check them out we have used the ecr which of course i'm in and we've gone anybody outside of the top 100 so anybody who is outside of the top 100 in full point ppr ecr qualifies to be a member of this list. So everyone that you hear will be outside of the top 100 available in rounds 10 slash 11 or later in 10, 12 team leagues. So Jake, let's get right to it. Your first sleeper, one that I really like, and I was very annoyed that you took him because I was going to put him on my list. It's Kendra Miller of the New Orleans Saints running back. Yeah, opportunity is definitely there, especially with Alvin Kamara being hurt. I don't think Jamal Williams, while I think he is a good running back, I don't think he's a true every-down workhorse running back. And this, the footage that we've seen of Kendra Miller out of Saints camp, and he has a lot of confidence too, looks pretty promising. Uh, and we know that these running backs and the Saints definitely have a track record of it themselves with Kamara being a day-three draft pick. They seem to really know what they're doing in that department. And Kendra Miller was a guy that I liked in the pre-draft process too, I might add. Opportunity is going to be there for him. Outside of Jamal Williams, I, I can't really think of anybody that's popping out in my mind on that same step chart that's going to hurt Kendra Miller's role. And for a guy that's almost free in fantasy drafts this offseason, you could be getting yourself a real nice find in Kendra Miller. And even with Jamal Williams, he'll, he should still have some standalone value to give you at least a flex appeal at some point during the fantasy season. And if there were anything to happen to Jamal Williams, then we're, I think he would be RB2 in that range. And for a guy that's almost free, count me in. Yeah, Kendry Miller is someone that I really, really do want to target wherever I potentially can. I have him at 130th overall. ADP right now has him at 137. ECR is at 140. And if you look at just look at his game tape from TCU a year ago, that TCU offense moved when Kendra Miller moved. And he is he's explosive. Now, what I can say with Kendra Miller and, and looking at the Saints is yes, Jamal Williams is probably gonna get the first crack at it. We don't know as of right now what the suspension is gonna be for Alvin Kamara. I would probably bet that it's gonna be something along the lines of four to six games as the minimum, and then anything after that is 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 definitely possible. But yeah, if you're looking for a guy who's going to be super, super cheap and has the upside to definitely return top 75, 80 status as a minimum, yeah, Kendra Miller could definitely be that guy for sure. Yeah, if he's performing, I don't see the Saints just being like, all right, thanks for everything, Kendra. Alvin Kamara is back now. And uh, Could this be the last year of Alvin Kamara in the Sa with the Saints? I, I think it's certainly in the discussion. I so mean, is it, is it remotely possible that they could, they could just be like, you know what, all right, if we're going to use – um, we're going to use two running backs with Alvin Kamara when Kamara comes back. Is it really possible they just go with Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara and do that pivot and just say, yeah, right, well, Jamal Williams paying, is good? Yeah, I think they're paying Jamal Williams something. They could use three running backs. They're going to turn into a mess, but I think I would mm -hmm. like to see it first before. And look, you're not really investing. This is a sleeper segment here. This is a fine little dart throw here that can provide some huge upside for your team, especially in keeper leagues too. I would really target Kendra Miller. Yeah, so so maybe that's actually a, a great call, Jake, and I think I should have done this beforehand and, and 
maybe for all the the newer players or maybe the people that you know are uninformed the definition of a sleeper to me and jake you could obviously provide your your input as well is a sleeper to me is a guy that is going to easily outperform his adp simple as that so if you're taking a guy like let's just say kedry miller you're taking him at round 14 he has the potential as a sleeper to outperform being a round 14 pick and give you a nice return on investment and potentially be a guy that could give you a status as if you picked him in round seven or round six. That is the definition of a sleeper to me. Yeah. I mean, look, not everybody could be Patrick Mahomes the first year he was starting where you take him for free and, you know, he's Patrick Mahomes. That that doesn't just happen every single day. Granted, that does happen sometimes. You're always looking for that guy. I think people get too, and myself included, are just too caught up with that thought process to where you kind of forget about the value like that, where you need to get to the playoffs. So those guys can help you win weeks to get to the playoffs before you start thinking about league winners. Uh, Kendra Miller or Rashad Penny? I would take Miller. I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to play a decent amount for the for the Eagles. I think people are overlooking him a little too much in that running backpacking order. I think that's going to be a three-headed monster in Philadelphia, and I want nothing to do with that. Give me, give me Kendra Miller. Kendry Miller or Deonta Foreman? I would probably take Foreman now, but Miller is more exciting if you're looking for a ceiling. Agreed. Agreed. Foreman is safer, but the ceiling is definitely greater with with, with Kendry Miller. Kendry Miller or Devin A-Chain? A guy I also thought of a- putting on this list. Yes, A-Chain, A-Chain for me, but with Dalvin Cook, A-Chain is irrelevant. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Unless Unless they cut someone. Unless, Unless they cut I someone. Could, yeah, I could see them cutting Raheem Mostert, honestly. It doesn't seem like Jeff Wilson will get cut, but right. that maybe, would be, maybe that would Raheem be Mostert. Yeah, it would Agreed. be Mostert. Agreed. Uh, let's see here. I'll give you a couple more. Kendra Miller or Odell Beckham Jr.? Beckham. Beckham comfortably. Okay. I would I would take Beckham as well, but that's not as comfortable. Kendra Miller or Rondale Moore? Uh, I would take Kendra. I would take Kendra as well. Kendra or Elijah Mitchell? I would take Eli Mitchell. I would take Eli Mitchell because the, the upside with Eli Mitchell is that he's a top 15 minimum uh, play every single week if something were to happen to, to Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And then one more here. Kendra Miller or Jared Goff? I just in in obvious non superflex scenarios here. I just would not love Goff being my every week starter in single quarterback leagues. Very unexciting. So you're taking Goff as your number two. Um, who's my number one? Your number one is Dak. Goff. Okay. Say so your number one is Deshaun Watson. Kendra, okay. I feel confident about Watson every week. Okay. Uh, number nine and my first sleeper, I'm going with Jonathan Mingo of the Carolina Panthers. He's been a guy that I've been talking about the entire offseason. I feel like I haven't talked about him enough recently, um, and here it is. I look at the Carolina Panthers' depth chart at the receiver position. I, I see it's very similar to the Houston Texans. The difference is the Carolina Panthers are going to be in a division where they can most certainly win this division because of how wide open it is. You look at the problems in Tampa at the quarterback position. You look at the kind of eh that is around the New Orleans Saints right now, and they could either be a 10-win team or something that's like a 5-win team. And then you look at the Atlanta Falcons, who are kind of in the same boat, where they could be 9-8, and 7-10, and, and, and we don't really know about any team in this division. It's wide open. I look at the Carolina Panthers. You see Bryce Young is there. Bryce Young is going to have a wide array of options that he's going to be able to work with. And they spent they spent a second-round pick to go out and get Jonathan Mingo, an early second-round pick to go out and get Jonathan Mingo. They expect big things from him. Whether it's going to happen right away, who knows. But the opportunity is there for him to climb this depth chart very quickly when you look at Adam Thielen, who's just Adam Thielen. He's, he's past his prime at this point. He's just a body there. They brought in DJ Chark, who was good in, at times for the Detroit Lions last year. But again, I also think he's 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 very uh, disposable at, in his standing. And I, I look at Therese Marshall and I also say, OK, has he 
it, is he enough for me where I think Therese Marshall is going to be the guy that's going to win the outright number one job for the Carolina Panthers? I don't really think so. I look at that receiving group and I say to myself, you know, Jonathan Mingo, he's a guy that Frank Reich selected to bring in as a younger player along with Bryce Young. There could be that connection that obviously happens there. It's just about Jonathan Mingo getting onto the field. And at a, at the price right now of in my ranks, if I can find Jonathan Mingo at glance, I have him at 154th overall. The ADP is at 154th overall. ECR is at 187. He's free. Go draft him because the upside with him is that he's the number one receiver for the Carolina Panthers. And you're talking about a guy that could be very easily be a 70, 75 catch guy with six, seven touchdown upside. And he easily outperforms where you're drafting him. Yeah. I'd like Jonathan Mingo a whole lot too. And I, I, you also forgot to mention, I mean, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, those are two guys that have had trouble staying on the field as well. So he might not even need to earn his way onto the field. He might be on on the field by default with injuries. And I think Bryce Young is going to have a good year. I mean, that division is definitely up for grabs. They're going to be competing in games. It's not like, you know, it's going to be garbage time galore, which I guess would kind of help if if we're talking about fantasy purposes. But anyway, uh, that team should be halfway decent. I I don't really worry about the offense not scoring a lot. They should score. I don't think they're going to be an anemic offense. I think they'll be like middle of the pack. And that's fine for a guy that you're drafting for basically free. I'm definitely going to be targeting Jonathan Mingo too in my draft. So that that's definitely a good call out by you. Jonathan Mingo or Romeo Dobbs? Mingo. Uh, Jonathan Mingo or Sky Moore? Give me Mingo. I don't think Moore can play. Okay. Mingo or... Mingo or Wandale Robinson? That's a tough one. Yeah. Give, give me Mingo with Wandale coming back from the injury. Okay. Uh, Mingo or Jalen Warren. Another another guy we'll be talking about. Give me up. Warren. Yeah, give me Warren as well. Uh, Mingo or Zay Jones. Hmm. Give me Zay. Yeah, give me Zay. I think he's a little bit safer with the potential upside for, for more. Uh, Mingo or take the chance on Kyler. Uh, give me Mingo. I, I don't really know what Kyler is going to do this year. Sure. Sure. I, I don't I feel like having that. a guy that I can. Yeah. Give me Mingo. Mingo or Tyler Boyd. Last one. Boyd. 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 Okay. Uh, then number eight for you, Jalen Warren of the Pittsburgh Steelers. A very popular one right now with the uh, questions about whether or not Najee Harris is going to be, well, good. Yeah, I mean, look, they were really using Warren even with Najee Harris last year. It wasn't like if Najee was hurt, they went to Warren. I think this is a guy that they selected and they liked what they saw from him last year as a rookie. And Najee Harris has a lot to prove this year, has a lot to prove. And the vision is definitely coming into question, just the knees as well. Not necessarily the most promising guy in Najee Harris. So especially if you draft Najee Harris, I strongly advise taking Jalen Warren because that is a locked and loaded handcuff right there. I don't really know of anybody else on the Steelers that would get the primary touches if anything were to happen to Najee Harris. And this is a guy that could be very Tony Pollard-esque for the, for the, uh, that, that was kind of, for the Pittsburgh Steelers where they could use both guys and he could still have some standalone value heading into year two with more experience under his belt. Definitely think he's worth the stab where he's at. You could be getting a top 20 running back play with anything happening to Najee Harris, and you could still get a guy that that has some flex appeal even with his standalone value. And for the current price, can't go wrong. 136th overall for Jalen Warren. I have him at a, at 133rd overall in, in in my ranks. The projections, I have him down just by himself. I have him down for 137 touches. Anything happens to Najee Harris, like Jake said, absolutely. This is this is a guy that just by himself, we could be talking about him as a consistent top 20 play. And if you're drafting Najee Harris, you, ha- you have to draft Jalen Warren because, I mean, Let's just say, and this this is this is more of a question aimed at you. Is it remotely possible that you could see the Pittsburgh Steelers 
just giving Jalen Warren more of a chance just based on performance. I think it's a slight chance. There was even rumors about that last year. Yeah, there were. They were thinking about handing on over to Jalen Warren because he was just so much more explosive. I just want to pull up the uh, the yards per attempt numbers for Najee Harris. I don't have them off of the top of my head. So Najee, a year ago, on 272 carries, he averaged 3.8 yards per touch. Jalen Warren, in his rookie year, on 77 carries, averaged 4.9. That's significant. That's significant. And people could say, oh, yeah, but it, it, it's a rookie season. We, we don't know. And fair. F- fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But we're talking a whole yard. That's, that is that is huge. You know, I'm talking, you know, maybe five-tenths. We're talking a whole yard difference between Jalen Warren and Najee Harris in terms of yards per, yards per, per carry. The, the, the stats don't lie. And is it remotely possible that if Najee Harris gets banged up, like Jake, like Jake said, because he's had he has had a, a history of getting banged up in the middle of the season and then carrying some uh, some bumps and, and niggles as we uh, as we go through the season, is it possible that Najee Harris, uh, Najee Harris, that Jalen Warren does get some more touches? Yes, it, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Jalen Warren or Tyler Algier? Give me Warren. I would say give me Algier, but that's really close. Yeah, you still have Cordell Patterson there too. You yes, remember? Yes, which which has the potential to be a little annoying. A uh, Jalen Warren or Devin Singletary. Singletary, but not that exciting. Yeah, you don't really want to, but it, it is Singletary for me. Uh, Zay Flowers or Jalen Warren? Zay. Yeah, definitely Zay. Zay. Comfortably, comfortably yeah. for me. Uh, Quentin Johnston or Jalen Warren? I would take Johnston with with Mike Williams always being off the field. Yeah, I would take Johnston as well. I'll give you one more here. Samaj P. Ryan or Jalen Warren? Hmm. I think P. Ryan has more standalone value, but the ceiling's definitely greater with Warren. Couldn't have said that much better myself. Uh, number six on, on our list, I have A.J. Dillon of the Green Bay Packers, and we literally have been talking about Aaron Jones the entire offseason in the that the questions that surround uh, Aaron Jones right now with the Packers seemingly trying to to change the guard a little bit. And you just have to look no further than the touchdown numbers from a year ago. A.J. Dillon, seven rushing touchdowns. Aaron Jones, only two. So do those numbers sort of correct themselves? It, it definitely is a wait and see in terms of that. But if the Green Bay Packers are going to roll with this sort of committee that they did. We have some breaking news, Jake. We have some breaking what? news on the podcast. It just popped up on my phone. We literally just talked about it. Alvin Kamara's suspension has been handed down. He's getting three games. Oof. That's there there. That's pretty easy. That's pretty easy. You taking him in the uh sixth round of the fantasy draft? Absolutely not. No. I think Absolutely I not. I, I would be dumb enough to do it, I think. You would be dumb enough to do it. You would be yeah. dumb enough to do it. Oh, man. All right. We have to get through A.J. Dillon, and then let's talk. We have to talk about now the Saints. Um, if the Packers now are going to go about, and they're going to continue the split that they did a year ago with Aaron Jones and with A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones is a guy that you're going to be taking in the fifth round of your drafts Whereas AJ Dillon, you're taking him at about a hundred and fifth. Like, I would much rather take the stab on AJ Dillon, who, if we look at the carries in comparison with Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones had 213 carries a year ago, AJ Dillon 186. The difference is Aaron Jones was much more efficient with those touches. 5.3 yards per carry where AJ Dillon was only at 4.1 but at the goal line the Packers did seem to go to AJ Dillon a whole a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. Well the thing with Dillon though is just the lack of pass catching upside for me because and, and if you don't think this team is going to be a good team which I definitely have my doubts about 
they're probably going to have to throw to catch up and they're, they're always going to be playing in a hole. So the, it kind of just limits the appeal with Dylan. I think he'll be very game script dependent, but this is a guy where they could definitely change the guard to AJ Dylan next year. And they could be grooming him for that. We've been waiting for it for now for, I think like two or three years. So good little stab there. I just, the, the green Bay offense outside of Christian Watson just, isn't exciting me too much. There's just it, Aaron, Jones something's mi- Aaron Jones included. I'm not really yeah. clamoring to go get Aaron Jones in my fantasy drafts this offseason. I think outside of Watson, I don't know a lot of guarantees with this Green Bay offense this year. Sure. AJ Dillon or Brian Robinson? Uh, Dillon. AJ Dillon, I would go AJ Dillon as well. Dillon or Jarek McKinnon in full point PPR? Uh, Dillon. I would go Dillon. AJ Dillon or Traylon Burks? Burks. I would go Burks very close, though. Dillon or Kadarius Tony? Mm, that's a close one. Give give me Tony just for the upside, even though of course he's hurt. The upside with Tony is tremendous. I would go, I would go with Tony. AJ Dillon or AJ Dillon or Alvin Kamara? Kamara. Now that we know, three games is not a lot. No, let's just talk. Let's just talk about it right now. Let's just get into it. Alvin Kamara, the three game suspension. Jake, where are you taking him now? I, I think he's on the fifth round radar, fifth or sixth round. Very similar. I mean, look, if we were taking DeAndre Hopkins last year in the fifth round of drafts or sixth round, I forgot what it was. Alvin Kamara has got to be in the same range. He was going top end of round six last year with the six yeah, game suspension. I, for a six-game suspension, for a three-game suspension, you you Alvin Kamara is worth that price. He's going to go in round five. He's I would gonna, take him round five. round five. I would take him towards the later end of round five, mid to late round five. I would take him. I would take him middle of round six. If you said if I needed a running back and I go zero RB, and I had a clear need to the top of round six, then maybe I would consider it. Well, well, let, let's play America's favorite game. I love it. Alvin Kamara or Damian Pierce? Pierce. Alvin Kamara or DeAndre Swift? Ooh. Oh. And I would take Kamara over Pierce for what it's worth. Okay. I think I would go. I think I would go Kamara. Okay. I think I'd go Kamara. Alvin Kamara or Rashad White? Rashad White. Alvin, yeah, I think White for me, too. Alvin Kamara or Cam Akers? Akers, comfortably. Alvin Kamara or Javante Williams? Oh, man, now that... Oh, man. Okay. Is Javante Williams playing week one? Yes. What's the committee like with him and Samaj P. Ryan? Let's call it... Uh... A 65-35 split. Javante Williams. 60-40? That 5% do anything? <laughs> Javante still. 55-45 Kamara. That was the number that I was hoping you were going to say. If you said 55-45, I would have said Kamara. All right, last one. Yeah. Alvin, Alvin Kamara or let's say Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets, Brees Hall. Oh, my God. I think I'd still go Hall. I think I'd I th- go Hall, too. I think. Yeah, actually, yes, I would. I would go Hall. Only one I, I really disagree with you on is, is probably Damian, Damian and Pierce. That was, take... that, and that was the one that I was the most unsure of. And that's yeah. the one I, I, don't, I don't feel great about, me saying Pierce over, over Kamara. But let me just update him on – let me just update his ranks on, on the podcast live. So I have him at, at 89. I already know where I'm going to move him up to. Oh, all right. Here, here's a here's a tricky one for you. Kamara or Pacheco? I would take Pacheco. You would take Pacheco. Okay. Uh, actually, not really according to the ranks. Full, give me give me Kamara. Half Pacheco. All right. I move I move Kamara to fifty third overall. I think I'm going to move him to my RB twenty two or twenty three. So then, okay. I think that would move Kamara to my RB25. Yes, it would. 
He'd be my RB25. So then that means I would move Jamal Williams down. Jamal Williams has to be outside my top 100 now. I would put him down. I'll put him behind. I'll put him behind Dylan. I'll move him down to 102nd overall. And then Kendra Miller. I'm going to move him behind Warren. I'm going to move him behind Gainwell. I'm going to move him behind A-Chain. I'll keep him in front of Dots of uh, Roshan Johnson. So he'll be... He's at 145th overall now. Thank, okay. Thank God. The NFL, the NFL decides we always have this issue on podcasts. This is historic for Adam and I, where breaking news always happens when we're not on air. You and I, it's good luck. It's good luck. We have news that actually happens on air. Because Jake, I can tell you right now, if this Alvin Kamara news broke and we weren't, if we just got done or whatever, guess what? We'd be coming right back. <laughs> Well, I also broke the Marlon Mack news on air. Uh, what is more significant, Alvin Kamara meh, or Marlon Mack? <laughs> yeah. People, people, remember when he was a, a firm fourth-round fantasy pick in our lives? <laughs> oh, my God. And guess who did not take him? Me. Not us. Nope, never. He was getting never drafted. He was getting drafted before Jonathan Taylor at one point. Yep. Yep. That was that was silly, 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 silly. And I, I did say that taking Jonathan Taylor would be high because Marlon Mack would be a, would be a thing. But I wasn't touching either one of them. And then, of course, typical Marlon Mack fashion gets hurt. Got hurt. <laughs> classic, classic. All right, uh, number six, Jake. It's a New York Jet. What a absolute shock! Alan Lazard on your list. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Lazard this year. I think everybody loves Garrett Wilson so much that they forget about the value with Lazard and already having chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. And this is a guy, Aaron Rodgers, that you, he needs – look, you need to trust him. That, that That's what it comes down to. The trust factor is so big with Aaron Rodgers, and it's not going to be Randall Cobb who he has the chemistry with because Randall Cobb isn't going to really be playing a lot for the Jets. It's going to be Alan Lazard, who is their second receiver and their second option in the pass game. And people forget Lazard is in the red zone is very, very good. He's very efficient. Last year, he had six touchdowns and I, and I don't, I, he did not play a full year last year. He missed uh, two games last year. And if, ever since really the tail end of that 2021 season where Aaron Rodgers won the MVP, the offense took another level because Lazard was unlocked to be that wide receiver too to Devontae Adams. And Lazard last year was a very steady flex play for us. And he did a lot of really good things. And honestly, with Garrett Wilson out there drawing double teams, Lazard will face a lot of man-to-man coverage. And I think that'll pay off dividends for Lazard. And this is a guy that you're drafting deep in fantasy drafts that I think will have very good flex appeal for your fantasy team and is very playable. I don't Now, listen, I don't think Alan Lazard is going to be like a top 20 receiver. or The ceiling isn't all that high with Alan Lazard, but he's a nice guy to have on your fantasy team. In, the, in a pinch or with bye weeks, he's just very good, solid depth. And there will be weeks. There will be at least a week or two where I think Alan Lazard is going to score at least twice. Uh, he he will score a lot of touchdowns for the Jets, a Jets team that really struggled in the red zone last year because he's just such a big-bodied receiver getting man-to-man coverage. So I wouldn't sleep on Alan Lazard. Yeah, for a guy that that, that stands in at six foot five and is 230, he's going to get a fair share of touchdowns. If you look at his touchdown numbers from yeah. 2021. Yes, he had eight in 2021, six in 2022, playing 15 games in both of those years. The thing that I like with Alan Lazard, too, and granted, this is all in Green Bay, but the receptions numbers have climbed up every single year. The targets have also climbed up as well. The yards took a massive jump from 2021 to 2022, 513 to 788. While, yes, the Garrett Wilson effect is going to be, uh, it's going to hit Lazard a bit harder because he's not the number one there like he was in like he was in, in Green Bay. But is Alan Lazard, is he still a guy that could be a 60-65 catch guy with six, seven touchdowns that you're drafting in round 13? And could he be a, a sneaky flex play in softer matchups in certain weeks and in 12-team leagues, maybe in certain 10 teams, depending on situations and buys? Sure. Why not? And if, if you're looking for an avenue to try and get a significant investment in the New York Jets 
and you don't really want to go crazy for Garrett Wilson, given his high price. You don't want to go crazy for Brees Hall, given his price and, and, and the wonkiness that's associated with his knee right now. You don't really want to take Rodgers because you're afraid that might turn into an arms race. Lazard could be the guy that you, that you go out and, and target and probably get rather comfortably. I think if there is a guy in this Jets offense that could fall, and honestly, he kind of is going in the 12th round right now, it, it could very well be Alan Lazard. And Lazard, if I just look at him, I think he's like at 127 for me. Yes, 127th overall for me in the ranks. He comes in as my, if I just go into the receiver ranks, he comes in as my wide receiver 54 with upside for much, much more. The upside for and him, they he, he, he finishes like a, as a higher-end wide receiver four, if not low-end wide receiver three. And also, you need to pay attention to what teams tell us, right? The Jets mm-hmm. paid Alan Lazard pretty handsomely this offseason. Yes, they did. They're going to use him, and hopefully he can get out there this weekend. But from what I've been hearing in Jets practice, Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers have it going on as well. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people focus on Garrett Wilson. It, mm-hmm. They have a chemistry that with Aaron Rodgers is all about chemistry. And, and and you know what's what's telling too. I think a lot of people do forget this because of how uh, Aaron Rodgers wanted to bring in a whole bunch of his his friends from Green Bay. Al Lazard was not one of those guys. The Jets signed him before even the possibility of Aaron Rodgers was a thing. The Jets wanted Alan Lazard just for Alan Lazard, and then when the possibility of Aaron Rodgers came about. Then it turned into, all right, Aaron, well, we have your guy that you had in Green Bay. He's here. And, and he's like an ascending player. Did the Jets know what too. they were doing? More than likely. But yeah. they did They did want Alan Lazard. And that was not Aaron Rodgers going to uh, Joe Douglas or Rob Sala and saying, yeah, that guy, Alan Lazard, I want him. The Jets signed him and gave him their money because they wanted Alan Lazard on their team. And also, he's just a guy that's been getting better and better every year. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. He's been getting better and better. He's been improving. And like you said, Jake, for a team that struggled so much in the red zone last year, that is a big body that you that you now have. That absolutely has, to, has the upside to be six to eight touchdowns, if not more, depending on how good this Jets offense is going to be in 2023. Yeah. I'm telling you, don't sleep on Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard or Gabe Davis? I would rather Lazard. Because uh, I don't think Lazard's going to screw you. I think the upside is greater with Davis, but who's safer? It's definitely Lazard. Definitely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Lazard or Rashad Bateman? Hmm. I would probably go Bateman, but I don't love it. I would go I would go Bateman comfortably, but again, I don't love it. Uh, Lazard or Nico Collins? Lazard. I would go Lazard. Lazard or Juju? Hmm. I would probably go Juju. He could be the number one. Yeah, I would go Juju too. And last one here. The guy that Alan Lazard is replacing. Alan Lazard or Elijah, give me, give me something. Hmm. Honestly, though, what I've been hearing about Cleveland is that Cedric Tillman is really standing out. And I do like Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman looked great in the Hall of Fame game. In the Hall of Fame game last night. But I'll go Elijah Moore for right now. He looked really, really smooth. He's looked good in camp. Yeah, and, I wouldn't be shocked if Cedric Tillman is their second receiver. And 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 Jake, it's not like you know we we talked to the people about Cedric Tillman and how and how impressive he was on the uh, on the wide receiver draft show. Yeah, I liked Cedric Tillman a lot. Well, I did too, way more than Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, me too. Sorry, to all the New York Giants fans. I can't say I can't say I'm really that sorry. Fuck them. Uh, number five. Speaking of the New York Giants, <laughs> I said I fuck. I said fuck them a minute ago. Here and here we are. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins. For me, the Giants. You look at this receiving core. What is the thing that this New York Giants receiving core is lacking? They're lacking size, and they're lacking overall talent. Isaiah Hodgins last year, when he came in, was terrific. He came out of nowhere. When he when the Giants made him a full-time player, he absolutely crushed it. 
from weeks 13 to 17 last year. He logged four top 24 wide receiver outings in those five games. And then not to mention the touchdown return as well in all of those games. Guess what? He brought him to the table. He had four and five. And if now Daniel Jones, who they, they did not bring in any real receiver help, they brought in Paris Campbell. All right, whoopee, yay, great. But if Daniel Jones is going to take that next step after they paid him a significant amount of money in the offseason, someone from this wide receiver group is going to have to stand out at 6'3", 200 pounds. Isaiah Hodgins could have a real role to play in this Giants offense in 2023. And if he could pick off where, where he left off last year, I mean, this is a guy that you're drafting in the at 175th. No, sorry. He's at 200th right now. 200th. That's free. Please, 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 please. I beg you. Take a late stab with one of your late round picks on Isaiah Hodgins. I, I beg you. Yeah, and look, he was really their guy at one point last year. Could have been just due to lack of pass catchers, but he's free in drafts. You could do a whole lot worse for free. And if he stinks, you get rid of him. Not my not my favorite sleeper that you had, but I, I, I could see it. And look what look what Isaiah Hodgins did in the wild in the wild card game against the uh the Minnesota Vikings. He absolutely crushed it. And I mean you could you could talk about just how bad the Vikings secondary is and was and just you know generally how dreadful uh the Vikings looked against the New York Giants in that game. But nine catches for 108 yards and a touchdown against the against the Vikings. Yeah, there's there's something potentially really really serviceable about Isaiah Hodgins. I don't think he's going to be a guy that we're talking about that has. I don't think there's a guy in this Giants offense really outside of Darren Waller that well and Saquon Barkley. But in terms of the uh, the downfield passing options, there's not a guy in this offense to me that has 75, 80 catch guarantees. But if is there a guy that could potentially lead? If I had to pick a guy that could lead the Giants in catches at the receiver position, I think Isaiah Hodgins would would probably be my bet. Yeah, yeah, bearing health of Wondell Robinson. Uh, yes, yes, barring, barring health with the returning Wondell Robinson. Yes, absolutely. It's not Paris Campbell. No, never. It is. It is never Paris Campbell. Nope. 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 Uh, number four, Jake, your man, Rashi Rice. I like him. I like him a lot. The Chiefs, they need somebody. They need somebody in the receiving core to step up. And if it's not going to be Kadarius Tony, it's not going to be Sky Moore. There's no Miko Hardman there anymore. It, I mean, hey, if 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 uh, if Justin Ross maybe wants to uh, live up to his uh, top prospect potential before he he got hurt, then maybe it could be him. But they drafted Rasheed Rice, and he could potentially be that guy. You have Kadarius Tony out right now. This is a guy they drafted in the second round. Pretty telling for Sky Moore, who they drafted a year ago in the second round. The, the And this is the Chiefs offense, man. You can get a slice of the pie. If you're telling me that you could potentially get the wide receiver one for Patrick Mahomes that late in a fantasy draft, just the chance of it, you got to sign up for that as a fantasy manager. So, you know, it's not going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And I don't think it's going to be Justin Ross either. This kid about MVS, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. This is a kid that they drafted in the second round for a reason, and he has impressed during Chiefs training camp. And this is a Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs offense. Uh, folks, don't waste picks on guys that are just going to be, you know, sucking air on your bench. You want guys with some upside on your bench that you could see yourself starting at some point. And th th really, the ceiling, You, I can make an argument that for any receiver outside the top 100, they don't have as high of a ceiling as Rishi Rice. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. He's got the opportunity. He's got the talent and he's got the potential to do it because he is that talented. Just go watch his film from SMU last year. This is a guy that can really do it all. He's a like, do this it. Is a guy, Andy Reed, you know, Andy Reed knows something about offense too. Yes. Uh, he does. trusts his expertise here. Yes, he does. Even though, even though you could say that his, his, his record in Kansas city has been spotty when, when drafting receivers, he does know a thing or two. He's bound to get one right. He's and bound Kadarius to get Tony, one right, yes. And Tony's already hurt, too. Right, but but hey, he, they, they traded the third-round pick to go get Kadarius Tony, and look what happened. He won the Super Bowl. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, he won the Super Bowl. And maybe the Giants fans want to smile at something. 
he prevented the Eagles from winning the Super Bowl, which I thank him for his service. So number three for me, Greg Dolchich of the Denver Broncos. And it just comes down to what the Broncos did this offseason, namely that guy Sean Payton being the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And what does Sean Payton predicate his offenses being kind of revolving around? The tight end. And we've seen tight ends in the in a Sean Payton offense be very successful, namely some guy called Jimmy Graham. And I'm not saying that Greg Dolchich is going to be Jimmy Graham-esque, but can he have the potential to be that sort of safety blanket for Rus- for Russell Wilson, get more looks, and become in year two more of a consistent target for the Denver Broncos in this offense? Yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt in my mind. And I think Dolchich, while I'm not – I got to be very careful with how I say this. I, I I like the talent that he brings to the table. I think it's more of opportunity. And sometimes opportunity does outweigh talent. And even though he's not the most sexy and glamorous guy in the world, the opportunity for him to succeed in this Denver, in this Denver offense, if Denver is going to take a step up is he, he is tremendous upside. But of course, this is a very volatile situation. And is it possible that Greg Dolcher just, just becomes another guy? Yeah. It's definitely possible, but the talent is there. The opportunity is there. And I think he's a guy that you have to look out for and is costing you next to nothing in terms of that great or late tight end dilemma that we all have. He's a great late tight end option. Yeah. And also it's a very slim position like you alluded to there. And look, to be my starter, probably not for me, but he's a very fine uh, tight end too. Sure. Yes. I, he He's a guy like if, if if you would prepare him with a Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz gives you the floor, Dalton gives you the ceiling, that's fine. Uh, I, I'm good with that. Uh, Jay, Greg Dolchich or Chico Conquo? Dolchik. I'm going to admit, I've never heard of this Shea Conquo. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never heard of that guy <laughs> before in my life. Greg Dolchich or Sam Laporta? Um... Give me Laporta. Give me Dolchich, but that's really close. It's close, yeah. Dolchich or Higby? Give me Higby. You're two Higby for Stafford's me. back. Yep, Higby for me. Dolchich or Cole Komet? Give me Komet. They paid him. Yep, give me Komet. Dolchich or Gerald Everett? Hmm. Give me Dolchich. Bearing yeah. any injuries. Yeah, give me Dolchich, and I'll give you one more. Dolchich or Dalton Kincaid? Give me Dolchich. The, the rookie tight ends, eh, I could just see Kincaid just becoming later in the year type. Of, and Nick Kincaid more for next year, I would say. Agreed. Kincaid is a great pick in, in, in keeper and start of dynasty, obviously. Uh, Dolchich more for this year, I would think. All right, Jake, number two for you. Irv Smith of the Cincinnati Bengals. And, of course... This is to do with one thing and one thing only. If you're a member of an offense that contains one old blue eyes, you're going to have value in fantasy. Simple as that. And Irv Smith's always been a talented player. It's just not being able to stay on the field has been his downside. And they 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 don't really have a lot at the tight end position. And this was an offense last year. Hayden Harris was startable last year at times. We 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 used him. You know, we we talked about him on the fantasy mailbag. He was he's been a start of the week for us at least once or twice for the tight end position. If you're telling me at a thin position like tight end, I can get the starter for this guy, Joe Burrow, I think I'm in. And for free. For free. He, he's going undrafted in leagues right now, it looks like. He is. He's going undrafted. And it's it's it's, it's absolutely ridiculous why he's going undrafted to me. Irv Smith is my tight end 21. He's someone that I've been absolutely going to be all over where I could possibly get him. These guys will be playing with Joe Burrow. Why not? And even if let me just look at his projections on the on the good old spreadsheet. I have him projected down. And Jay, you could tell you could tell me how fair or unfair this projection is. I have him down for 47 catches, 452 yards with five touchdowns. I would sign up for that for free. Yeah. ADP right now is 162 ECR. 209. That's nothing. Criminal. Criminal. Take him. 
Take him with Dalt with uh, Dalton Schultz. Take him with David and Joku. Take him with. Would you take him? Maybe would you? Would you? All right. Would you take him with a, another tight end if you take Pat Fryermuth, or is he a standalone guy? Pat, no, I would take another tight end with with uh, Pat Fryermuth. I'm a little. They got a lot of receivers with the Steelers now. All right. So then. So let me ask this: evolve into a, just a general tight end thing. I'll give you some names. You tell me if you would draft another tight end with them. Kelsey. No. Okay. Andrews. No. Hawkinson. No. Pitts. No. Kittle. Uh, he's always hurt. I probably would. Goddard. He's unexciting. I, I I think I would. I think I could see. I could generally see a world where Herb Smith Jr. is better than Dallas Goddard this year. Sure. I I can. I absolutely There's can. a world. A uh, Darren Waller. I think Waller's as long as he's healthy this year and he's another one who's always hurt, I think Waller will be fine. I'll go with no and worry about the waiver wire when the time comes. I know Kittle. I mean, look, I'm not wishing for George Kittle to get hurt. I know he's not playing 17 games this year. Agreed. Agreed. I, I couldn't agree more with, with your sentiments. Uh, then one more, Evan Ingram. Yeah, I'm worried about Evan Ingram this year. I think I would. Okay. So then those are five guys right there that you would say standalone. You can have and not draft another tight end. Everyone else, you're doubling up a tight end. Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Pitts, Waller. Yeah. Everybody else, you draft another tight end. And then number one for me, the one that you were most looking forward to discussing, uh, Darnell Mooney of the Chicago Bears. While he was a colossal disaster as a number one receiver for, for, for the Bears, I think he could be very, very good as, as a number two. There are a ton of concerns with Mooney, for sure. One, durability, can he do it? Two, the Chicago Bears offense, are they going to throw enough where it's going to be sustainable to have a number one receiver where they went out and they gave they gave up the number one pick? to go and get in in DJ Moore, Cole Komet, who they paid, and the running game where Khalil Herbert's there, Deonta Foreman's there, Roshan Johnson, we hope will be a thing, and then Justin Fields himself taking off and, and being a threat with his legs. Is there enough in this offense where Darnell Mooney is going to be fantasy reliable enough, and does he have the ceiling to potentially become a thing? in 2023 i think there is and the reason that i say that is i i kind of look at darnell mooney and i see the reverse of of calvin ridley i'm not saying they're that they're comparable in terms of talent in any way but i'm talking situation ridley as the number two to julio jones was outstanding he was one of the best number two receivers in all of football but then julio jones leaves Atlanta, Calvin Ridley turns into the number one, and Calvin Ridley was not nearly as efficient. Had his moments, but for the most part, was not as efficient. Darno Mooney, the number one, was had his moments, but was not great. 1,000-yard season in 2021. Now they bring in DJ Moore. DJ Moore is going to take, I think we can both agree here, Jake, that DJ Moore is going to draw a lot of the number one coverages, and that's going to leave Darnell Mooney to take on a lot of the number twos. Maybe you move DJ Moore inside. Maybe you move Darnell Mooney inside. There's a whole bunch of things now you could do with this offense where the Bears want to be creative and get their guys into uh, premier matchups. They could definitely do it now that they have two out-and-out receivers. And is Darnell Mooney going to be a guy that's going to be a thousand a thousand catch guy? Probably not. But is he could he potentially be in the thirteenth round where you're drafting him right now? Could he be a guy that returns value where he's getting you? My projections I have him down for sixty two catches, seven hundred and twenty eight yards, and five receiving touchdowns. You're taking that guy in the thirteenth round. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely worth it as a guy that could be. In three receiver leagues, you could start him some weeks as a wide receiver three. And as a flex, he could return really nice flex value in half PPR and potentially in full as well. My man. Yeah. 
There's two issues with what you were saying. Sure. Number one, they don't throw the ball. I, I, that was And that was said. And number two, he's not the number two. It's Chase Claypool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never. Never. It is, It is though. In a, I guarantee you Chase Claypool will have a more prominent role in that offense when healthy than Darnell I'll, Mooney. I'll make that bet with you. They made they traded a second they traded the first pick in the second round for Chase Claypool. Let me you see. You don't think I, they're gonna play him? Let me see. They're gonna play him. They're gonna play no, him. I'm saying though, you don't think he's three. gonna be a prom, you don't think he'll have a more prominent role in the offense than Darnell Mooney, who has stunk every I year will, of his career? I will make you a bet that Darnell Mooney gets on the field more than Chase Claypool does. Well, are you talking about injuries or when healthy? When healthy. When healthy, Claypool will play more. When healthy, Mooney will play more. Claypool is going to – they traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. And it failed absolutely miserably. They're going to play him, dude. Yeah, they're going to play him. They're going to play him as a wide receiver three. They're not, they're not going to play him as a wide receiver two. No way. I think Chase Claypool is better than Darnell Mooney, too, no, just from a no, talent no, perspective. No, no, no. Absolutely, oh, I think he is. This oh, guy, no. uh, Listen, he, this guy was a second-round pick for a reason in the league, and he was great his rookie year, too, for a reason. Great, great in his rookie year with – Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. I, okay. J- well, hold on. But yeah, I'm pretty sure the last time I checked, Darnell Mooney is the same quarterback that he stunk with last year. Yes. As a number one. And as a number one. With, and he stunk the year before as well. But now he's now, he's now going to be a number two where he probably profiles better. I think he'll be a number three. I don't think he's going to be a number three. I am happy to take him in in the thirteenth round. So, are you going to ta- are you taking Chase Claypool then? Let's just see where his ADP is. Hold on, just I'm not taking any Chicago Bears receivers. So there you go. Problem. Well, solved. okay. I'm well, I'm asking any you. Of them. Are you taking Dar- if if you had to take one? Are you taking Darnell Mooney in round thirteen, or are you taking Chase Claypool at two hundred and sixty third overall? Two hundred sixty third overall is for free, which is what his ADP is. Yeah, I, I would love Claypool for free than Mooney. That's, Shit, I can find crazy. something a lot more valuable than Darnell Mooney in the 13th round. That's crazy. That, 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 100%. That is crazy it is not, it is not crazy. A Bears receiver, especially a guy that's not DJ. That offense cannot sustain. And also, they paid Cole Komet pretty handsomely, too. You're forgetting that one. I said that. I said that. I, know, I completely but, agree. But still, you're so you're telling me that they will have three efficient pass catchers next year. No, I think the two efficient pass catchers are going to be D, are going to be DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney. I think you're. I, I think that is just extremely wishful thinking for an offense that just doesn't throw the ball. Sure, could it be? Could it be wishful? Sure, but the one, the main gripe now that I have is that you think Chase Claypool is going to be is going to be better than I, Darnell Mooney. That I think to me, if 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 he plays, he will be. Oh, if he plays, okay. If and he I'm, plays, I'm I mean, you, I can't if, win if my bet if he's not playing. I mean. And I'm telling you, even if he plays, there's no, no, there's no I would take, I, no think I, would hedge, I would hedge my bet on Chase Claypool over, Dar- you forget how bad Darnell Mooney has been. And Chase Claypool is just Chase Claypool. At least there's been a moment uh, with Chase Claypool and his fantasy on career. another team. Okay, well, still, that's something. Let's <laughs> just look at Chase Claypool's game log from, from when he, from when he got traded. So he was traded when? Week. The deadline, so figure week nine. Week nine. That, that was my guess. Okay. Uh, two for 13, one for eight, two for 11, two for 51. But who, but who on the, hang on, but who in that offense that is a pass catcher last year performed? You forget Justin Fields can't really throw, which is a problem. Well, we're, we're hoping he makes strides in that department. Keyword okay, is hoping. you're hoping. Well, I'm, I don't think he will, as a matter of fact. I think Justin Fields, a lot of people overrate. I think he's great for fantasy because he can run. But outside of that, I'm not too sure. How many passing yards do you think Justin Fields gets in, in, in 2023? How many did he have last year? Last year, he had 2,242. <laughs> what are we talking about here? What? How many passing yards do you think Justin Fields gets? Um, I'm going to go no more than 3,400. He's gonna have like three thousand passing yards. If okay, that. so so we're we're in the same ballpark. I have him. I have him down for thirty three. If but if that. So you're if saying thirty four thirty four is is the is the maximum. That's his ceiling. Yes. Yes. Okay. What's his floor? 
floor like 2000 yards because also you forget he's another one loves running around too much what happens when you run around too much you don't play because you get hurt well okay i i will say though that justin fields can probably get away with it because he is on the bigger side but there, there were times last, last year. year where he was down in a heap so you're half and then, right. and then you and, and then you also forget when the chicago bears had a competitive game going games on the line in the fourth quarter what does justin fields do throws he an throws interception he throws a yeah pick. yeah yep that that i can't deny that I can't deny that happened. That happened at least three times. That I yes. can. That I can absolutely. The, the, this offense is not producing more than one fantasy relevant pass catcher next year. All right, so let, let's go. Let's go look at D, at DJ Moore then. DJ Moore has had issues staying on the field. He's been iffy on on, on that front. If DJ Moore misses time, let's let's just say, right. You think Chase Claypool is going to be the guy that 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 steps up? No, they're all going to stink. Because guess what? They stunk last year. <laughs> they all stunk. So there is there's not a Chicago Bear under the sun that you're drafting. No, I would maybe draft more if he fell. Or not Fields. Cool. I would take Fields. Listen, I think Fields is fine for fantasy. Those Khalil rushing Herbert. touchdowns aren't going to score themselves. Khalil. Uh yeah. Okay. I'm. T- I thought we were talking about the pass catchers. That okay, then that's sure. a different story. Sure. All right. So it's, uh, it's it's just DJ Moore then. As a pass catcher, yeah. Ma- Komet might be free. Maybe I can be persuaded. Because last year I did start Komet when he was a little hot. Maybe Komet because of the position. But receiver-wise, not drafting Darnell Mooney, and I'm never drafting Chase Claypool either. If if I can get Darnell Mooney in round, fif- in round 15 of a draft, I'm doing it. Have fun. He's free. I guarantee you, he He's will free. Be, he will be on your waiver wire before Columbus Day. Patriot. Patriot. Yeah. That'll be your that'll be your Columbus Day uh, activity. Cutting Darnell Mooney. Cutting Darnell Mooney. He'll be at the same place as Allen Robinson was too as last year in Chicago. Oh Allen Robinson. That 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 wound still stings. Yes. Everybody thought he was gonna be great too when Justin Fields was drafted. And notice how Allen Robinson was not on this 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 uh, sleeper list with the Pittsburgh. I don't hate Steelers. him. I I don't hate him though. Oh no! Oh I believe, no! Look, I believe in Kenny Pickett. I'd rather have Allen Robinson than Darnell Mooney. For oh no no, no 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 no! Absolutely, I, I would. I'm. I believe in Kenny Pickett much more than I do Justin Fields when it comes to which. Would you rather Chase Claypool or Allen Robinson? I'd rather have Allen Robinson. Okay, Chase all right. So, so we we agree there. I'd, I'd rather have Robinson than Mooney, though. No, and, and that's where we disagree. That's where we disagree. Yeah, no, uh, I would rather have Robinson. I hope Allen Rob. I hope Allen Robinson does great things. I do. I do love him. The man has won me championships before, and I, I can't say anything bad about him. The only the only man that has won me a championship that I can say bad things about is Michael Thomas because he doesn't play football. <laughs> Michael Thomas. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Maybe maybe tomorrow the breaking news of the day is that Michael Thomas returned to practice. The Saints, the Saints I, 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 I almost put Rashid uh, – uh, what's his name? Rashid Shahid on my list. Great guy. I, I probably would have if I knew Kamara was only going to get three games. I love it. I didn't want to put two Saints on there. That that's why I didn't put him on there. Well, now okay. So now let me ask you before 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 we sign before we sign off. Now that we know that Kamara is going to be a thing, is Kendra Miller still interesting? Not as interesting now. If it was six games, I would have been a lot more interested. But okay. it, replace him with Rashid Shahid because I think Michael Thomas is just never going to play football. Like in general, and that Jake, team's going to need a number two receiver. Jake, we can end, we can end this podcast knowing that we agree that Michael Thomas is never going to play football. Yeah, he just he just won't play. He has he has a chip in his shoulder. Ho- hopefully, that recovers soon. In not on in his shoulder. In in, yeah, in the quite shoulder. literally in the shoulder. Yeah, I didn't know that was possible, but Michael Thomas just creates new injuries every single day. Yeah. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Next week, we'll have more pre-draft coverage. We also have that mailbag, so submit your questions for that mailbag because Jake and I will be on for however long it takes till we empty that fucking mailbag. Empty it out, and then no more mailbags until the week one mailbag. Uh, yeah, Jake, is there is there a time of the week that you look forward to more than the week one melee? 
Honestly, probably not. It, it, it that's going to be a time. And you got to you got to come back with the entrance of the welcome. Oh come on, mail. you you, yeah, you yeah, already yeah. know that I'm standing in the mirror every morning. Practicing. That's only for week one. That's only week one mailbag though, not off season or any other. That's, no, 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 that's no, no, no. solely in the, season. The weekly the weekly in season mailbags. Come on, we get the vocal cords going. That 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 is prime time material. Those yes. those weekly mailbags are our most listened to show. We 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 have to make sure that the that the people that are tuning in understand that they're here for A plus entertainment and C plus production values. Exactly. We do it all here. We we do it all based on talk podcast family podcast. So for Jake, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you on the next one. We'll catch you on the mailbag. And most importantly, we'll catch you on the week one mailbag. We love you for it. Bye bye.